So joining me today to geek out on this Southeast Asian juggernaut is Thomas Chua from SteadyCompounding.com and we're geeking out on none other than C-Limited. Part 1 will be its gaming business Garena and how this one mobile game of its own Free Fire is spitting out hundreds of millions of dollars to fuel its other businesses Shopee and C-Money. These three segments have interesting synergies and the management now is not shy to exploit it, okay? So <laughs> and it's bulldozing the market in every other segment that they are in. This cash cow business is giving them a lot of advantage. This is a sponsored collaboration with SteadyCompounding.com and if you want to hear part 2 about Shopee and part 3 about C-Money, management and valuation, you have to check out TFC Stock Geek Out, our investment-focused podcast. It will not be on this feed, so search TFC Stock Geek Out on your favourite podcast platform, follow it, join us to geek out about C-Limited. Also, for all of you listening, for a limited time only, all of you will get 20% off lifetime discount of Steady Compounding's premium subscription. Their team focuses on research and breaking down C-Limited, Starbucks, Facebook, Twilio, and will continue to do research on some of the most interesting investing ideas out there today. With 30-day money-back guarantee, head over to SteadyCompounding.com and use promo code COCONUT for 20% off lifetime subscription. Uh, C-O-C-O-N-U-T, uh, if you don't know how to spell it. Okay. <laughs> for your reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 14th of August 2021. Our discussion for today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendation. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's geek out. We back today again, you know, uh, with a good friend of the show, Thomas. And, you know, there are a lot of stuff going on out there. And there's this one big company that is, uh, I think we can all comfortably agree that they are the biggest unicorn in this part of the world. Uh, at this point in time, okay. Um, other than Grab that's going for a listing soon and Tokopedia that merged. I think they are the, they are the largest. Uh, they're listed in the US, right? So uh, this company is, is C-Limited, right? And they actually is a... I think you cannot even call them one company. It's like a few companies put together and then they, they got some sort of synergy and then they went for a listing and then they just kept, you know, going on this flywheel effect, right? So I think that's the, the beauty of the company. But yeah, Thomas, why do we want to study this company? What got you interested in them in the first place? I think the beautiful thing about C Limited is how well the company is executing. So when we look at C Limited, there's three parts to the business. One is the gaming arm. The second is what we are very familiar with, Shopee, e-commerce. And third is C-Money because they are growing um, very quickly to provide banking solutions to areas of the world that's very underbanked like Indonesia and Latin America. So the thing about C-Limited is they have the DNA of a gaming company. They started out with Garena um, and many Singaporeans will be very familiar with Garena if you play Landshot in the past, you know. <laughs> yeah. Any things they want to come into the Southeast Asia region, they will have to go through Garina. And this is what they are good at. You know, they have a lot of data on gamers' preferences and they are very good at hosting esports. One thing that's very critical to absorb a lot of gamers in and also to keep the platform extremely sticky. Mm -hmm. So they started out by licensing games. Meaning game companies, publishers, when they come over to Southeast Asia, they will typically use Garina as a platform and Garina will draw a commission from there. 
but their revenue model has begun to change because the management recognized that as internet um, liberalized the whole gaming industry, it's very likely that a lot of these games are going to bypass Garina altogether because when you look at Steam, you know, like you can just Which sell did, directly. Right? Which they yeah, did, a lot right? of them are starting yes. to pull back away from Garina, except Tencent because Tencent is a major shareholder in C Limited, 25%. So actually C Limited got the first right of refusal from Tencent, meaning any games that want to come into Southeast Asia, they must offer the rights to C Limited first. So that part is safe. But we are starting to see a lot of the other US companies, they are starting to distribute directly through the internet. There's no longer a need. And as more and more people come online and land shops in other parts of Southeast Asia starts to go down, right? Um, in Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, I still see one <laughs> or two, la, but very, very little. Um, when you say land shop, it really suggests your age. Really. It's like there's a certain <laughs> era of kids, right? Like maybe in the in the 2008, you know, 2010, the era, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of yeah. kids, they will, we will go to land shops after school, conquer, just play game, play CS, right? All these yeah. things. And most of those games were distributed by Garena. Garena always appears as one of the icons, you know, in, in the in the right. opening of the game. You know, there will always be those things, right? But nowadays, I don't see land shop. Like, whoever go land shop, Quite cool, quite cool. <laughs> exactly. So, like, um, Garina recognizes this and they started to really ramp up on their own production, um, which gave birth to this very, very important game, which is financing the whole of C Limited now, which is Free Fire. While it's not that popular in Singapore, um, I asked around, rarely people play Free Fire, but most of my friends play Call of Duty. But Free Fire is super, super popular in areas such as uh, Indonesia, Thailand, Brazil. Um, it has recently reached number one in India and also even more recently, USA. And part of the reason why Garena is so uh, popular is because it started off as a mobile game. When you compare mobile game to PC game and console game, right? Typically, all these gaming companies, all these platforms, be it Xbox, Sony, PlayStation, or Valve from Steam, they will set up walk gardens, meaning like um, there will be certain games whereby players are not able to cross-play. In fact, it's only until 2016 or 2017, they started allowing players from like Call of Duty on Xbox to cross-play with players from PlayStation. Whereas if you were to start directly from the mobile phone, which is going to be platform agnostic, um, Xiaomi can play with Samsung, can play with iPhone. You know, there's, there's no walk gardens here. And so friends can really just come in and play with one another. And we see a lot of the games, um, the super successful games nowadays, they don't last just for one year or two years. When you look at games like League of Legends um, or even Fortnite or Roblox, there is a social element to games like this. And being platform agnostic is super important because then all your friends will be able to hang out on this virtual platform. Free Fire, while it is a shooting game, right? Battle Royale. So people generally go in and start killing one another. But it is also another place for people to go there and hang out nowadays. They are coming up with not just a lot of content for gamers, um, whereby they monetize very well through their Battle League Pass. They are also coming up with a lot of platform for people to chat on the platform, to live stream on the platform, and really to just publish uh, videos of them gaming. So you are able to chat with your friends through voice, through text, uh, or even through like a, a large group chatting all together. And, and it's really become a place where people just come together to hang out. 
I think important to know that it, it's not unique to them, right? It's it's mm. a it's the broad transformation of gaming across the board. A lot of uh, big developers are all going to mobile, and a lot of these uh, all these additional features that you talk about that has a lot of social element, a lot of interaction, adding a friend list, you can chat in game, and and all those things are becoming the norm in mobile gaming, right? In a right. lot of these uh, platforms, it's just that I think you rightfully point out that. Because there's a social element, there's the network effect that comes in, right? People come together, they stick together. And, uh, you know, this particular game from Sea Limited has gotten some serious traction in certain uh, areas of the world, right? I think, I think that's what I'm hearing. Yes. Um, so, like, when we look at the recent games that are super successful, they always adopt a freemium model. Meaning, like, you go in, it's going to be free. Um, the best example would be Pokemon Go, right? You see a lot of people playing. Their monetization is also done extremely well. The amount of money they bring in, like for the first half of 2021, was 642 million US dollars. Amazing, right? Um, from 2017 to 2021, they have been increasing the amount of money um, they have been bringing in for the company every year. And and you see these platforms are super sticky, as you rightfully pointed out. More and more games are uh, becoming very social because they saw the success of games like Fortnite and Roblox. And, and it really becomes a much uh, needed driver for C Limited in this sense. And C Limited is also good in terms of localization. So when you look at a lot of games like Fortnite or PUBG, for example, the reason why C Limited is able to overtake them in terms of popularity within a very short time, one to two years, they overtook a lot of these games despite being social as well. The added formula they have to ensure their popularity is their hyper-localization. So when you look at the games in Thailand and the games in India and the games in Brazil, right? even though they're all free fire, they will celebrate local events. So in, in Thailand, mm. they will make Songkran a super big festival in free fire. right? They have customized gears and everything. And then in Brazil, for example, you have Carnival. So they, they really cater to the local flavors in every single country. It is not a one-size-fit-all formula for C-Limited, um, which is why within a very short period, they are able to gain a huge mindshare. Another strategy they use is usually when you see marketing, right? Um, the company will hire a celebrity and use the celebrity for its consumers all over the world. But when it comes to gaming, right, for C-Limited, uh, the celebrities they engage is going to be specific to the country they are going in. So, for example, um, when it comes to Free Fire India, you know, then they will go to find um, Bollywood megastar. And in this case, they find Hitrik Roshan and they made a game character out of him. So, when you make a game nice. character out of a megastar, right, then all his fans is going to go into the platform and choose him as the character. And then in Indonesia, they also picked their specific brand ambassador and another actor called Joe Taslim. So in every single one of these countries, they will engage the celebrity to come in and play as a character. I think in mm. Brazil or Latin America, uh, at one point, Cristiano... What's the soccer player name? Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo? Really? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Really? Not as a player, but as a celebrity to come in and share the game, like that he's playing this and you know he's asking his fans to come in and join. So mm -hmm. this is this is the kind of localization we are looking at. And and I, I think I think this has been with Garena for a long time, right? I think in the in the past when they 
when it was 08, that, uh, like 2010, <laughs> that kind of era. Right. They also do a lot of localized events, you know, e- even with uh, the distribution of uh, Maple Story or, you know, CS or, or a lot of those kind of more games that they distribute. Uh, they also do a lot of this kind of stuff, right? And uh, that, at least that's at least that's what I remembered like, at that point in time. You know, you have very random celebration of super local yeah. events. I was like, huh? Isn't this game not from here? <laughs> Why are they celebrating these things, you know? But I think it's pretty uh, within the DNA of the company. Like, and probably because they also have seen the effect of it. Right, because I do think a lot of people, when they try to enter into these uh, markets, essentially the smaller markets, right? Like people think Southeast Asia is one big market, but actually it's made out right. of multiple small markets, very different. The value of localization, I think, I think it's very vividly seen, right? So I think that's definitely a strategy that seems like they are continuously uh, adopting. So I think that's a, that's a pretty good way to go about. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like Europe. It's very fragmented. Southeast Asia is also so, super fragmented when it comes to culture, you know, and um, consumer preferences. And C-Meetup, whenever they go expand in another country, they don't control operations in Brazil from Singapore, their HQ. They will set up an office in Brazil because it's only the Brazilians themselves will know what their consumers truly like. This is the opposite of what companies like Alibaba is doing, for example. Everything is controlled from their HQ in Hangzhou. The direction is set there, the KPIs and everything. But when it comes to City Limited, everything is decentralized. You know, They are very willing to let early 30 years old or even late 20s uh, people to just run the program. Like a few million dollar budget, they are very comfortable to let them just run the whole show. And you know, really take off. And I think like when you want to expand to the entire world, it's important to do that because it's not possible for the head office in Singapore to really control everything and know what's going to make uh, the gears tick. So like when you look at Amazon, they, when they come to Southeast Asia, they didn't really gain a lot of traction also because they don't understand like what the consumer preferences yes. are here. Uh, another thing, when we go back to Garina, right? The next thing they are really good at is esports and live streaming. So, yeah. any of these esports event they hold, right? They are going to generate millions of views. Like the the recent flagship Garina event, right? It generated more than forty million online views. Um, for my generation, I don't understand what's the appeal of watching other people play games. But when I look mm. at my younger cousins or when I was in US, I look at my, my roommate. Uh, I think he was five years or six years younger than me. He's watching esports every single day. So mm. like when, when they're watching that, you know, it makes them want to play. It makes the platform stickier. It makes the game stickier also. You know, he will watch with all his friends. And then, um, and of course, they will, they will be playing the games together as well. Yeah, so, so that's, that's the part for eSports. And when we look at the future of Garena, right, they are really looking at two things. Um, when it comes to geography expansion, they started out catering to developing countries, meaning the graphics and everything, it can be downloaded using very small data files because um, when it comes to countries like Indonesia, India, and Brazil, right, we need to be sensitive to consumers' data limit. It's going to be expensive for them. So they started out that way, ensuring that the file size doesn't limit anybody from playing the game because they are really going for the network effect. Um, But now you see them doing the reverse of what traditional games are doing. So when you look at popular games like PUBG, which is super popular in the US, they started off with much higher resolution graphics. You know, uh, the file size is much bigger. 
And what they are doing now is they are reversing um, the high quality to produce the Part G light so that countries like Indonesia uh, and Brazil, the developing countries, they are able to get more users on board. Whereas for Garena, they are doing the opposite. They start off with the lower resolution and they are coming up with Free Fire Max, a version of game right that's designed for really the high-end devices and offer high-end graphics. They are also moving into PC, you know, to appeal to the PC market because when you are targeting users, gamers in US, etc., you know, uh, a lot of them are used to playing using consoles and computers. Yes. So you have to cater to the consumer preferences there. It's also like Singaporeans, right? We don't, at least I don't really play game using mobile or I don't Bro, even... You, we are different era one. We are different. Like really? we, when we receive I... an email, uh, we will say like, wait, let me go to my computer, then I will reply you. But the yes, young generation, yes, they will reply on the spot. <laughs> different one, different. I mean, if you if you look at it, it is um, in the US, a lot of these bigger developers, whether it's EA, Activision, you know, Take-Two, they're all going mobile. Right, and they're they're going mobile to appeal to this part of the world, which is Asia, right? And uh, if you think about how Asia's tech cycle have went through, big parts of Asia actually skipped past the computer era, the mm. laptop, the desktop era. You know, like in in uh, even in China these days, when I, I talk to my friends, most of them they engage in mobile first. When they use computer, right, it's really for work. Yes. You know, like they set up to work, the code, everything. You know, so when they turn on the com, it's for work. It's not like in. It's not like I think Singapore also went through the period where people start to have personal computers. You have your desktop and all that, right? And you you live, you work, you chat, you do everything on the com. Then you cycle into mobile, right? So if you think about it, it is merely the kind of tech cycle that has changed across the board, you know. And in this part of the world in Asia, people are using more mobile also. It's a mobile first mentality. But if C Limited wants to expand to the other side of the world. Right. Then uh, it's essentially console and desktop, but but it's it's a very different user engagement uh, process. I would I would believe lah. So I you know I'm not sure if they can conveniently just kind of switch over because even a lot of the big games like Activision when they try to go mobile at first also like hmm, you know yeah like Call Call of Duty at first also quite weird on mobile right so so it's it's it sounds like oh yeah this is the growth plan but can they really execute? Because the user experience on mobile and desktop will be very, very different. This is something that I think we all should be aware. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a different skill set um, mm. altogether. And yeah, but back to the point, like a lot of these companies are going to mobile first approach, right? Because traditionally they thought like uh, when it comes to monetization through mobile games, it will be difficult. But um, when we look at the data set, Mobile gaming actually command most of the entire gaming industry revenue. So when you look at the entire gaming industry, right, it's, it's larger than the music and movie industry combined. And gaming revenue accounts for almost 60% of that uh, mobile gaming revenue, uh, more than 60%. And it is still one of the fastest growing uh, when it comes to uh, the gaming revenue. So when we look mm. at uh, what Free Flyer has brought to C Limited, right? Um, we are able to see revenue climbing extremely quickly. So when you see Free Flyer that was introduced in 2017, it used to account for about 50 to 60 percent of C Limited's gaming revenue, but now it's accounting for more than 90 percent of that. We really see it climbing from 365 million um, in 2017 all the way to over 2 billion last year and it's insane man <laughs> and in the first quarter of 2021 it generated almost 800 million dollars us dollars in revenue 
alone just in the first quarter. And it's still gaining insane traction. So a, a good way to monitor how well uh, these mobile games are doing is to continuously track them on App Annie. So every quarter, App Annie will summarize and, and throw out how well the games are doing. And Free Fire is still topping the charts all over the world. And when it comes to monetization, they are also one of the best. Because when it comes to monetizing a free games, right, we have to be extremely careful. If you give the people who pay too much power, like give them the best weapons, they're going to wipe out the entire... Then, then you're going to ostracize all those players you know, who don't pay. But um, C Limited is able to do this very well. Um, they have a lot of test runs um, and they double down on what work. And so what work is their elite pass whereby when you subscribe for a couple of dollars a month, they release the season pass on a monthly basis. You get new content and on top of that, you get new gears which makes you look better, your weapons slightly better, but it will not ostracize those free gamers. Yeah, so that way, they are able to monetize extremely well. Um, there are a few mobile games who are popular but cannot really monetize. So they have to turn towards the advertising revenue. But um, the advertising revenue is not going to monetize as well as if you monetize by selling you know, uh, premium products within the game. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I think these days a lot of gaming companies are using all sorts of ways. Right? Organizing events is a great way for you know engagement, but also a great way for advertising without fundamentally affecting the business model. But I think you pointed out that a lot of these freemium games, the main business, if they want to do very well, is still to get the players to pay, lah. Right, yes. and and th and that's still the best way. But are you concerned that the? I mean, I'm I'm seeing here the average revenue per paying user is declining. Right for Free Fire and for Garena in general, like are you are you concerned? Yeah, so that is a good question. So, um, paying users as a percentage of the total amount of premium players, right? Generally, when they expand overseas, uh, it's going to start dipping because first, when we look at when you first establish a game in an entirely new market, you are going to get a lot of new players who are not paying yet. But as they become more entrenched into the game, that's where the revenue will start kicking in. So usually when, when we see um, the amount of quarterly paying users to the total amount of active users, right? Um, when we did, we need to tie in back to the story as to their expansion plan. If they're expanding super rapidly into new markets, uh, that is fine. But if they have stopped expanding and the numbers start dropping down, then that's where... I'll be concerned. Generally, for freemium games, right, if you are able to get a 5% monetization, meaning let's say I got one, 100 players on the platform, if you can have five paying players, generally you are doing very well. But for Free Fire, um, it is generally hovering around 10% range. Um, so actually, they are doing much better than what average is doing. But you're right, we have to monitor this figure. If they're not expanding, no new players are coming in and the number is dropping, then investors should be slightly worried as to whether um, their monetization plans is having some issues. Definitely important. I also want to point out that you did say that Tencent is like the big brother of this company, right? So yeah. they own 25% of C Limited and um, essentially they build a pipeline for them. Right? So they control whatever games that come through there because they do fund a lot of games. You know, in fact, they are one of the largest, you know, publishers and developers of games, right? right. And they want to come to Southeast Asia, they, they funnel through uh, Garena, right? So, are you concerned about this big brother getting attacked <laughs> up, down, left, right in China? <laughs> yeah, so, so for Tencent, right, it's actually good that they are facing pressure in China because the Southeast Asia region becomes a super important region 
for them when it comes to testing up their games. So because um, back in China, they have to go through a much tougher regulatory process. Now, every game, you, need, you know, you need to get approved by the authorities and all that. Whereas um, when it comes to Southeast Asia, they are able to start pushing this game at a much more rapid pace. And Tencent is not just that they are a big publisher on their own. You know, they own 100% of Riot Games. They own 40% of Epic Games. They own um, over 80% of Supercell. So it's even the gaming companies in US, Tencent is a majority shareholder. And, and this really um, bodes well for C-Limited because Tencent is going to offer them a lot of opportunities when it comes to distributing games in the region. But still, when it comes to Tencent, right, the amount of revenue they get from Tencent has been diminishing over the years. Uh, as of now, it is, uh, I think, hovering around 6 to 7%. So, so it's not that significant. And I see this figure going down more and more because Garena is really doubling down on producing their own games. They're hiring a lot of developers in Vietnam, in US, all around the world. And the amount of employees they're hiring um, is doubling almost every year. You know, the amount of developers they're getting in. So it's not just we can expect to see a lot of new content for Free Flyer and new versions of the game like Free Fire Max, but we, we should also be expecting um, new games to be coming up. But I wouldn't be assigning any value to new games coming up because those are quite hit or miss thing. Um, whereas for Free Fire, if they continue what they're doing, engaging the users, hyper-localizing, then I'm quite comfortable to say like they should experience the amount of longevity like League of Legends, uh, World of Warcraft, etc. is currently experiencing. Mm. Yeah, but I think you rightfully point out that uh, games are here and miss business. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think even even the big developers, um, whether it's Blizzard, Epic Games, you know, uh, and, and all of them, they only have one or two very successful franchise that, you know, today you can call them a franchise, right? Because they mm. have spin off into a lot of things. They license their brand. They, they, they become movies, you know, they do all those things. And, but, but those are the fun few between. You know? Oh, every big company only has that one or two. And you can rightfully say that these one or two franchises are the ones bankrolling everything else. Exactly. Right. right? So are, are you concerned that C Limited only has this one particular franchise and, because it is bankrolling all the other business, what if mm. this game falls out of you know favor and it, it, is this is this an executional risk in in your view? Um, it's it's definitely one because if Free Fire were to fall through the floor, right? Um, Shopee and everything, their their uh, their source of capital, uh, you know, would be a problem. But generally, when when you start to introduce a social element to your game, when you start to organize a lot of these esports, the games is generally quite sticky. And when it starts to decline, right, it's not going to be a very sudden thing. You know, yes. it's it's not going to be like Nokia phone. You know, the moment it goes out <laughs> of favor, you just the next year sales no, no, cycle is just going to fall through. <laughs> yeah, it's just suddenly just fall through the mm-hmm. the floor. You know. But when it comes to games, um, generally, it's going to be very gradual. So it's important for investors, especially if you're concentrated in C-Limited, to monitor how well uh, Free Fire is doing. And you know there, there are many ways to do it even before the earnings results are out. So you can check on your Google Trend. You can check on App Annie. There, there are many platforms that consolidate all these platform figures on a monthly basis or on a quarterly basis. And of course, I would be worried about this risk. Um, and so you have to be checking how well they're executing um, the numbers of engaged players, 
as they are moving along to see whether it's going downhill or is it, you know, our players are still engaged. And so far, they've been doing a very good job because when you look at the amount of active users, right, it's a, it's a quite a steady upward trend um, despite COVID-19. In fact, COVID-19 actually brought more players online. Yeah. yeah, all the online engagement stuff all went up, so... Yeah, and youngsters are comfortable hanging out on these uh, digital platforms. <laughs> I just, I just feel like, oh my god, we're calling people youngsters these days. Oh yeah, you man. Know? <laughs> that, that means we are we are getting faced out of <laughs> youngster already. But okay, now we investor now, yeah, no longer youngster. Yeah. But yes, yes, definitely engagement, very powerful, uh, digital, and and I, I think a few years ago, I already started telling my friends that hey, you really gotta see. A lot of these games beyond just a game anymore. They are a brand, they have a franchise, they have identity, and there's a lot of things that can be spun out of it. You know, you, you will start to see more and more movies, you know, and licensing and all those things that will further reinforce the brand identity and will further bring people back to the game. It's like, you know, you do a Warcraft movie and then people yeah. will start to go, go back to their World Warcraft account and then you relaunch the thing and then it's a cycle, right? So... Uh, a lot of these touch points may not be very profit maximizing, you know, in terms of the fundamental business model. But hey, a lot of these brands and touch point will bring people back to the game, and then you can you can re-engage them. And uh, that's very powerful of the new age of games today. Mm, yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was a very interesting point that you brought up um, because Reed Hastings in one of the Netflix earnings call, where one of the analysts asked him what is the biggest threat. To Netflix, it is not other streaming companies. It's not Disney Plus. It's not this. It's not that. Um, he actually said Fortnite. Fortnite is the biggest threat to Netflix because after all, you are competing for eyeball time, and Fortnite is really gaining huge traction uh, at the expense of Netflix. And you see Netflix starting to move towards games also. So I think sooner or later you are going to start to see more and more games appearing on Netflix. You know, just as a place yeah. for people to start hanging out. Yeah, they 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 have already announced that strategy, right? And uh, yeah. we'll see how they how they play out, right? So, uh, yeah, they they hired some good people, so so we'll yes. see if it if it happens. But it'll be interesting, like, Because I do think not every consumer can be a gamer, but you know, you you can play some games, you know, and mm. by playing some games, you can engage in the Netflix platform. Maybe maybe it will help with engagement, right? But but yeah, it, it'll be an interesting world, you know, for developers to see what what they can create from there. Okay, so yeah, I think we've talked about Garena as a part of uh, C-Limited's business. So a- any last things you want to add uh, about Garena before we move on to the next big giant of, uh, of this company? Yeah, I think this is a good segue to start talking about uh, Shopee. Shopee is mm. actually a game, but um, not sure whether <laughs> this, is, this is the correct way to put it. But I would say Shopee is a game for the ladies, you know. Um, no shooting, <laughs> etc. Involved. Whoa, 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 So I hope you learned something useful today. Definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but we are always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. And like I said, part one is here. If you want to listen to part two about Shopee and its ecosystem, and part three about C-Money valuation and its management, head over to TFC Stock Geek Out to continue to listen please check out the subscription steadycompounding.com you know the coconut is the keyword huh? promo code uh, c-o-c-o-n-u-t okay coconut <laughs> 
you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials, right? Also, subscribe, like, share, whatever you, right? Give us a review on your favorite podcast platform and just stay tuned to what is happening in the markets and in TFC Network. Do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you had a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating that life you love while managing your finances well.